I'm Carla Reeves, and this is Differently. Whether you feel stuck in survival, navigating a change, or seeking more for your life, may this podcast be your weekly nudge to take a risk to build a life that is uniquely bold, authentic, and in alignment with your deepest values. After a decade of coaching individuals from corporate leaders to creative artists to multi-million dollar CEOs, I'm convinced we are far closer than we realize to what we deeply desire, and it's a willingness to do differently that can change everything. Today's episode, I've invited my husband, Quentin, back to talk about marriage and mindset. Our thought life plays a huge role in our marriage and our experience of that marriage, and it's often a blind spot. Often we feel powerless to change things, especially in this very important relationship in our lives. And today we want to give you a peek into one place where you do have incredible power and control to make a profound positive influence. Enjoy. Hey, Quentin, welcome back to Differently. Thank you. You, I think I've said this before, but, and I don't think anyone would be offended that you're one of my favorite (laughs) guests. (laughs) Um, And for those of you who are new listeners, this is my husband, and he's been on a number of episodes that you can go back to, and we'll link in the show notes. But today we're talking marriage and mindset. And so let me just kind of leave it to you. Like when when I mention that topic, what comes to mind for you? Well, we were talking about your thought life and how your thought life dictates your experience of your relationship, in all relationships, really, not just marriage. Yeah, and I think it's also played such a huge role in our marriage and continues to play such a huge role in our marriage every day. It's something that I think we we work on. Um, and I think marriage is just, I notice it with my clients that it's one of those areas of life that when your marriage is off, when your most important relationship is off, it kind of throws everything off. So if you're off in your marriage, you're, you know, you just, you don't operate the same anywhere else. At least for us, I feel that way. I think that's true. Totally true. So when, when some, what are some of the examples of when something's off in your marriage? Like what are some of the things we've navigated and I'll kind of chime into like the things I see my clients navigate? Well, I don't know about a specific challenge, but the challenge is what are you thinking about? How do you think about your spouse? How do you think about your marriage? So the way you think about it dictates the way it goes. So if you find yourself in your head complaining about your marriage, complaining about your relationship, or complaining about your sex life, complaining about whatever, then it just perpetuates whatever problem you're having. So you have to begin with your thought life. Yeah, and I think just to make it more tangible, some of the places that I think this shows up in marriage and I've seen it shown up in ours and with my clients is like maybe maybe your marriage starts to feel a little dull or a little boring or maybe you feel a little bit disconnected or maybe there's just those conversations that you feel like you have over and over again that never sort of take a new direction and just kind of end up down the same rabbit hole that's really unfulfilling and you end up starting to avoid those. Or maybe you're just feeling like you just need some new vitality and energy 
into your marriage. And I think what you're saying is the surface solution to those things, I think for people is like, you know, a lot of times maybe we numb out or we avoid or we hope it's going to get better when the kids are a little bit older, when we have a little more money, or we we just hope it's going to get better. And well, we don't know what to do. I mean, well, and that's true. And I think if you go back to your thought life, a lot of times people are always thinking, if my spouse would just do this differently, if my spouse would just be different, if my spouse would X, Y, and Z, then everything would be okay. And that thought life leaves you powerless to change anything. Because you're constantly waiting for an outside influence to to change. And it's really not them that needs to change. It's you that needs to change. And you change by beginning to think differently, to begin looking at your spouse through a new lens, which will then allow you to communicate to them in a way that they may actually then change or understand what it is that you're looking for in that relationship. Does that make sense? I think that's such a good point, yes, because it is this feeling of being powerless, and it feels like, and, and, and they may need to change too. Like there's likely things that, you know, can change over there too. But if you're sitting and waiting for them to change, it does leave you powerless, and you have no control over that. And so... In my work with clients, I'm always going to bring you back to your thought life. And in our relationship, we're always coming back to our thought life. I think individually, like, what am I thinking that is perpetuating this thing that I don't like or this thing that's making me upset or um, this thing that's pulling me away from you? Yeah, well, if you're focused on those, then that's all you ever get to see. You only get to see the negative. You only get to see the disconnect. But if you shift your thought life to the connection that you really enjoy and like and you perpetuate that, then that then can grow and it outweighs those other distractions that can then help you overcome the challenges that you're having. Okay, so let's define thought life a little bit because I feel like that might be a term that's new to people. You know, we hear mindset all the time. I think you and I like to use the word thought life, but... Say a little bit. What does that mean to you? Well, we live in our heads. Everything that we experience, we experience in our mind and in our thoughts and our emotions. And so our thought life is our experience. And I don't think people realize they get to create that experience. They create it when they get excited to go on vacation. Sometimes it just happens, you know, and they don't realize it. Right, you're getting ready to go to Disneyland. Your thoughts are just filled with all these things, excitement, wonder, you know, blah blah blah, and you then create this experience of vacation, of joy, of all of that, and they don't realize that it's actually them that's creating it. Mm. So, if you're in your relationship, you have to do the same thing intentionally. You have to speak loving words. You have to speak loving thoughts. You're if you are thinking lovingly about your spouse or your marriage, then it creates an environment and an experience of love. 
if that's the case, then when you have a challenge, you can then speak to them and communicate through them through that lovingness. They will receive it. You will receive it. Does it mean that there's not any challenges or communications that need to be have had? But the way in which you're thinking all the time dictates your experience. So I can imagine people listening that if you've been in a marriage and you haven't taken care of your thought life and, you know, it's like your home, right? If you haven't cleaned your home, if you haven't dusted the bookshelf in five or ten years, it's super dusty at this point. And it's hard to see those thoughts that you originally had that were filled with love and filled with, you know, joy and connection. And so I'm thinking about the initial part of work I do with clients is, you know, we are like emptying their thought life. They're doing a lot of writing to just empty what is in their brain, like what is hanging out in your mind that is giving you this lens of your life at the moment, because you're right. Everything, our experience is created through our thoughts. They're making like a pair of glasses that we're looking through. And so if we've got all kinds of old, outdated, negative junk hanging out in your mind, it's going to reflect in your life. And so the first and most important thing you can do is start to, one, just become aware of what's in there, right? Yeah, you. if you don't have someone to talk it through with or you can write it down or have a way of, of if you're not used to monitoring your thoughts, like I just separate myself from my thoughts. So I'm constantly like watching my thoughts, if that makes any sense. Uh, maybe yeah. I, maybe I have a split personality. I'm you know, but I can separate myself and notice the thoughts that are happening and occurring. So if you aren't used to that, then you should write them down or speak to them. And then once you notice a pattern or or you know a negative thought that's like, man, this is really impacting something. Uh, I'm always thinking of this person in this bad way because they've made me upset or I uh, resent something about the situation. And so I'm constantly thinking about that resentment. It just fuels the anger, the angst, the stress, whatever it is. Yeah. And so becoming aware of that and and kind of getting it down on paper is super helpful. And then kind of standing back and asking your questions yourself questions, like challenging your own thinking, like, is this true? Is this old? Is this outdated? Is there an action or something that needs to happen in order to let this go so that you can actually start to move to a different place? Because what we know is that if you want new results in any area of your life, whether it's your marriage or somewhere else, most people go back and just kind of start to change their behavior. But if you don't address that old thinking that, you know, negative thinking, it it will rear its head over and over and over again until you do examine it. Yes. Um, the phrase that always keeps coming back is the one that we, uh, it's where your thought life defiles you. You know, if you have bad, angry, upset, resentful thoughts they will just eat at you eat at your eat at your being well and that that's biblical like yeah. you know that's biblical that and and it is your thought life it, it feels 
like it's just your life and it's real and it's like actual circumstances. But when you really start to pay attention and like take care of the relationship you have with your own thinking, you restore so much power in your life because I mean, you guys have probably experienced it. You wake up in the morning feeling great, and 30 minutes later, you feel terrible, and nothing has changed except for your thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it takes, a lot of, it takes a lot of work to keep that environment of your mind clean and clear, but it will impact every area of your life and, and marriage. Yeah, completely. Okay, so let's make this more tangible for people. So if if you're feeling bored in your marriage, walk us through, let's kind of walk through what it would look like to look at your thought life and then tweak that a little bit to shift your actions and feel like you have more power in the situation. Well, so I'll go back to a phrase that like we use all the time that's that came to us, but... Um, is that if you are bored, then you are being boring. So your thoughts are probably boring. It's not the other person that's boring. It's you that has to shift the thinking about the boredom. So that means you have to get creative. That means you have to do the work. It means you have to take responsibility that it's boring. So that begins with your thoughts. You have to start thinking. You have to start getting creative. You have to communicate in new ways. You have to try and experiment. Okay, this communication, every time we do this, I go down the same hole. We go through the same circle, and it never gets anything accomplished. So that means you have to now try a different approach, try different words, try different times. Uh, you know, is is right after, you know, someone gets home from work the best time to have these conversations? Probably not. You know, is it five minutes before you go to sleep? Probably not. I've been guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing up serious conversations right as he's dozing off to sleep, not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So you have to get creative and notice what works, what doesn't work. Why doesn't this conversation work? How can I think differently and still get my message communicated um, and resolve an issue that either I have or they have, it begins there. Well, and I think another thing to add to that is a question I'll ask myself. So if you're feeling bored, if I'm feeling bored, I'll ask myself, what is it that I do want to feel? If I don't want to feel bored, what is it that I want to feel? Is it um, joy or spontaneity or creativity? And then if I can come up with that feeling, then I ask myself, what can I do in order to create that feeling? So if I want to feel more connected to you or more excited in our marriage, what's going to create that feeling for me? And maybe it's inviting him to do something and creating a date, or maybe it's changing up what we a pattern in our home that we do, whether we always do this for dinner, we do something entirely different, or we light a candle, or it can be so simple to change up the energy. And I think it's also the energy you're bringing to it, right? So if if I'm feeling bored, I'm probably bringing bored energy to our conversation. But if I change up my energy, you likely will kind of follow that. It's contagious and vice versa. Yeah, because when you change, the energy you're bringing makes me change. I have to react to that if differently. You have a whole new 
uh, scenario that's coming. So now I have to adapt and change. And you never know what you're going to get. That's so true. I think about like if I'm upset or I don't know, annoyed at something with you and or just at something in life or overwhelmed in my business or whatever it is. And you're just like calm and peaceful and (laughs) free spirited. And (laughs) it can be kind of annoying to me at first, but it's it's also in is an invitation for me to rise out of whatever I'm feeling. And I appreciate that ultimately. So what does your thought life go on? You start to notice that you're in that mode? Yeah, I see the contrast between where you are and where I am. And you're more annoyed that <laughs> And then you're I have a choice. Yeah, and then I have a choice. Like I can hang on tight to whatever I'm feeling, overwhelm or stress or whatever it is, or I can let go and choose something different. And I think that's, you know, I think that's one of the hardest things. Like I've found it's one of the hardest things sometimes to let go of whatever that is you're attached to, whether it's that your husband's boring or your spouse is, you know, never does anything romantic or whatever idea it is that you're attached to. I think there's also like a willingness to let go of that and let them surprise you. Yeah, because that's that is your thought life. You have it that it's just that way. They never do this. They never do that. When in reality, that's just your thought life that's uh, got you blinded or uh, has a weird lens. And they may not be the most romantic person. That may be true. But at the same time, if you look through a different lens, you will see something different. Well, and if you're the one that likes the romance more than the other, then take it upon yourself to be the one that creates that in your marriage because your spouse likely brings something else to the team. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that I think as we kind of close is, you know, just giving people kind of a place to start and um, just this idea that managing and overcoming your mind, I don't know about for you, but for me, it's mostly daily work. (laughs) Oh, it is daily work. It's hourly work. (laughs) Sometimes hourly. (laughs) And so don't be alarmed that or feel like it's just you that, you know, this requires a lot of heavy lifting. It, it does, it is work, but it is work that pays off sometimes almost immediately. And over time, just has produced so much fruit in our relationship. And I see that with clients too. Well, I think it's like going to the gym. Once you build the muscle, it's easier to keep the muscle moving. It's when you're trying to stretch the muscle for the very first time that it's heavy lifting, that it feels heavy. Whereas once you're, once it's nimble and, and it's just easier. That's so true. Okay. So in closing, I want to go back to what you said about Disneyland because I, in like a vacation, planning a vacation, because I think that is such a beautiful example of what's possible inside of marriage. And I think a lot of people have gotten resigned to what marriage can be. And contrary to what our mind wants to tell us, you know, it's like, it's easy to feel like, oh, I just, I'm not with the right person or am I with the right person questioning that or um, just avoiding it and hoping it gets better one day. And, 
I think what we've discovered, because we've been in all of those places too, is that walking through it and keep pushing through for something greater, we have found that there is something greater. There always is something greater if we're willing to kind of push through. And and um, I think it's that vision like you're talking about is like having some kind of vision that you're, what are you creating? You know, um, if you if you don't know what you're creating, then you're just kind of perpetuating what's always been there and maybe old, outdated patterns or models that you've seen. And sometimes when we look around the world, there's not a lot of good models for marriage. And so how do we kind of create that vision to hold on to? And then how do we align ourselves to that? Well, if you if you don't have a vision and you're not creating what you want, then you're just living in randomness. You're, you're living, uh, in a circumstantial world that just occurs to you. So if you're not intentional with your thought life, then you just get what you get. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's, you know, whatever, but you have no control. If you control your thought life, then you control your experience. So where could people start by just, you know, creating this extravagant, um, you know, picture inside of their marriage might feel unrealistic at this particular moment, but where could they start? Well, it's not extravagant. It's just, what do you think about your spouse? Do you, do you think good thoughts about them? Do you think bad thoughts about them? Do you complain that your marriage isn't good enough? Like, what is it that you're thinking? That's really all it is. It's that simple. And then if that thought is helping you or hurting you, if that is perpetuating, uh, you, is moving you towards a, a better future, then that's a good, good place to begin. But if it's not, then it's time to evaluate that thought and either get rid of it, trade it, find a new one that's going to push you in the direction that you want. That's so good. I think that's a perfect ending. Thanks for joining me on Differently. I love it. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of Differently. I hope it stirred your thinking and I invite you to take one inspired action from something that stood out to you. If you want to hear more conversations like this, be sure to hit follow on your favorite podcast app And if this episode could impact someone you know, please help us spread the word and pass it along. Remember, new episodes drop weekly. See you next week.